to be honest with you, um, I'm probably going to study quite a bit more. Uh, it's one of those things, faith is one of those things, it's about like prayer. Uh, I really don't know for sure how it works, but I know it works. Um, I really don't understand sometimes a whole lot about it, but I know that, uh, I know I enjoy it. Um, and I don't know everything there is to know about prayer. You all have heard me say that a lot. Uh, but I know it's something we need to do. Uh, I know it's something you need to be well practiced in, uh, well acquainted with. And um, if basically I'll say it like this, and maybe I'll sum up the whole series on faith. A pretty good indicator of your faith is probably a pretty good indicator of your prayer life. And your prayer life is probably a pretty good indicator of your faith. They, uh, they kind of go together in a lot of ways. And if you're praying, you're studying your Bible, you're reading your Bible. Uh, you can count on it. So Jude, the book of Jude, chapter 2, Jude chapter 2. I was waiting for somebody to respond to see just how long it took. Jude, there's only one chapter. Verse 20. Jude, verse 20. I want to do something just a tad different here as we get started. Um, does anybody know anything about Jude? Well... How about himself, Jude, the man himself? Pardon me? He was Christ's half-brother. You know one way you know that. If you go back to verse 1, it says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. Not the apostle James either. Uh, so Jude, verse 20, is everybody there? Amen. The Bible says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And some having compassion, making a difference. Another is saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. I won't read the rest of this, but realistically there is our message for tonight. Now to him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. What a verse. <laughs> to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Father, we thank you again for your mercy, for your love, for your fellowship. Lord, for the hope that we have in you. And God, this world may attack us at times they... Uh, as a church, God, we're under attack so severely, God, from, this, from our country right now. Not just us, but God, throughout the world. And Lord, we pray that tonight, God, that you touch hearts, Lord, as you see fit. Holy Spirit, I need you. Use me in the way that you see fit. I'm yours. Lord, I submit myself to you the best way I can and know how. God, you know I cannot do this without you. But Lord, I thank you and I praise you. And I thank you for the few that are here. And I pray that you speak to the hearts of each one, God. And Lord, we just uh, will give you the praise for it all, Lord. No matter what uh, comes what may, God, we're going to thank you. And thank you that God, that 
you made a difference in my life and God you allowed me Lord to be a witness for you and hopefully make a difference in a few others we thank you and we praise you in Lord Jesus Christ's name we pray amen um, this is fairly well known scripture uh, for most Bible readers most people's heard of this verse they're, they're familiar with it especially the one where it says and some having compassion making a difference and I've thought about this verse a lot through my life, and I've looked at it in different ways, different times. But I want to give you something to think about this evening, uh, some thoughts to carry with you this week. Uh, there's a lot of people in life that's made a difference in life. Um, if you look, uh, they've been some inventions that made a huge difference. Uh, I'd say um, Sir Isaac Newton could be attributed to a few inventions that were very important. Uh, the light bulb, electricity, I'd say was possibly without a doubt one of the most uh, greatest inventions uh, arguably other than the wheel in the history of the world. Uh, the wheel would be, and I don't know who invented the wheel. If you look back, I'd say it would be a lot of different people would claim to invent that particular piece of equipment. But they made a difference. They made a huge difference. And yet today people are still making things and inventing things that are making a huge difference. But I wonder how much a difference it makes in eternity of things. Uh, I wonder how much difference it really makes in the lives of people. Let me give you an example. And we talked about this some this morning. No matter how, you know, uh, the wheel definitely made a huge difference. Without it, man uh, would still struggle to be able to move goods, to move, transport things in ourselves. We, I mean, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be easy. We'd still be on beasts. Uh, we would have rode a horse, a donkey, a camel, uh, a big dog or something here this evening. We would have brought some kind of transportation would have brought us here other than a vehicle. Um, but inside of that and saying that, I wonder how much those things have, as we talked about this morning, have changed the lives of people for the better. Now it's made life easier, but did it make an eternal difference? You and I, because of Jesus Christ and because of the gospel, have a chance to make a difference in people for eternity. And God has commissioned us, He has given us the uh, responsibility of spreading the gospel, of telling people about Him, showing His love, showing His respect to the world. And we hear this, do you realize that most people, uh, and, and this is true, but you are the only Bible that most people is going to read. It used to be, I would say that to the lost. Now, this is the church as well. There's a lot of people in the church. I mean, I'm the only Bible they're going to read once a week. More than likely. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of people that when they look at you, they see you, you we are showing them God. I'm going to ask you a question, though. Are you making an eternal difference? How long has it been since you told somebody about Jesus? How long has it been since you have realized that you, you and I as individuals, me personally, you personally as an individual, have been, uh, I hate to use the word saddled, but it, it fits, but you have been entrusted, it's probably a better word, to uh, tell people, tell this world about Jesus. How long has it been since you invited someone to church, but more so, told them about Jesus? I'll be honest with you. It's not always easy to invite people to church, but it's a whole lot easier to invite them to church than it is to tell them about Jesus. When it gets down to giving the gospel, how long has it been 
since you that are here, maybe some that may be watching or listening, has it been since you actually told somebody about Jesus making a difference? Well, how can we do that? Well, that's a good question. So number one, you've got to be present. <laughs> he says in verse 20, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying to the Holy Ghost. How do we pray to the Holy Ghost? So one thing, you've got to be with him. Uh, you've got to be in his company. You've got to invite him in your company. You've got to be present with God. You have to be in God's presence. There's times that I pray, and I, and I feel like that sometimes my prayer doesn't get very far. It's like I'm praying against a wall. And then there's occasionally those times where I get to pray, and, and God comes down. Holy Spirit opens up the clouds. And man, I feel like I've been ushered into the throne room of God, and it's just me and God. There's nothing like that moment. There's nothing like that that blessing that comes with that. But you and I must be present. In other words, we must be available. Some of us are not available because our minds and our hearts are not where God wants us. They're everywhere else on everything else. They're on whatever the latest problem is, whatever somebody's done us wrong, whatever this is, whatever that is. And there have been times in my life and in your lives that we have missed an opportunity to witness for God because we were not available. Not just physically. I'll give you an example. And I use me a lot of times, uh, especially when it's a negative example. Uh, or Earl's. But anyway, but um, Amber and I were going to church one night back when we was going to another church. And for some strange reason, I, to this day I don't know why, I decided our choir was singing another church and I decided to take a back road. For some reason, I thought it was quicker. I don't know why. I think I was still thinking I was 18 or something. I drove like I was 18. But it's not. But nevertheless, we were going down this hill, and I ran over a bottle that someone had threw out. It flattened my tire. I didn't go a quarter of a mile, and it was flat. I put on somebody's driveway on their bridge. That's as far as I could get. They got home, and it was one of them son that got there. And I explained to him what happened, and they helped me get it fixed and helped me get on my way. I took my little donut out, my little bicycle wheel, uh, to put it on it, a uh, little Ford Escort I had at the time. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe I'd have said that. Um, anyway, but on that little car I had at the time, and, uh, and it was flat. I thought, man, it's getting better by the second. But all I could do was gripe and quarrel about whoever threw that bottle out. Finally, the lady came out, the mom came outside after a few minutes. She said, oh, hi, preacher. And I still was focused on the flat tire. Her two boys didn't go to church. God gave me an opportunity to witness to somebody, and I didn't do it. I was too focused. I was not available. Why wasn't I available? Because I hadn't been present with God like I should have been. I hadn't been in His presence like I needed to be. Now, thank God there was another time a very similar story happened, and I didn't, I didn't let this one pass by. I remember that one. But let me ask you something. Are you available? Are you present in God? To verse 21, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ into eternal life. So that we've kind of already hit on this, but we're going to hit on a little stouter. Number one, be present. Number two, be praying. Be praying. I wonder... Uh, maybe a couple of nights this week. I wonder how many, and I'm as busy as anybody, trust me. I wonder how many of us would be willing to meet here and, and pray for our women's conference coming up Saturday that God would move in that in a special way. I wonder how many would be willing to do that. 
I can guarantee you if we don't smother things in prayer, if we don't saturate our life and our, and our vents in prayer, God will not move the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Hey, let me tell you something. Without prayer, without believing in prayer, without faith, it is impossible to please God. You and I must believe prayer works. You say, preacher, how does it work? I really don't know, but I know it works. Are you praying? Miss me included? I wonder how many of us have a prayer list that we look at occasionally and look at on a halfway regular basis and look at that prayer list and try to go down that thing. I know you can't pray for all of it every day, but I wonder if we took one particular list and said, God, I'm praying for this list today. I'm praying for this one today. Or maybe this list this week. Or maybe this month. Or however you want to break it up or split it up. And sometimes, God, you see the whole list. But I wonder how many of us are praying and have a prayer list that keep us focused and on track I wonder how devoted we are to prayer you know what it will do these two things will make an eternal difference I'm quite certain and I don't know why I cannot remember the man's name and invented electricity or the light bulb somebody help me who? Thomas Edison I had a COVID moment there um, anyway uh, but I know that Thomas Edison probably didn't realize the difference that that would make. I think he had an idea. But I wonder when he was inventing the light bulb and he finally got it to work, I wonder if it ever entered his mind to say, you know what, people will use this to read the Bible by one day. How much difference can you and I make? Most of us, I dare say, are not going to make an invention that's going to be earth-changing. But you can make a difference that's eternity changing. And friends, I want to tell you, I'd much rather make an eternal difference than I would an earthly difference. You've got to be present. You've got to be praying. You say, preacher, I've tried. Pray again. Pray more. Number three, verse 22, and some having compassion, making a difference. You know, one other thing we've got to do is we've got to participate. Maybe I should have preached this this morning. I don't know. But there's one thing I've learned in life. If I'm going to get any enjoyment out of something, I've usually got to participate in it. Uh, Sunday morning, we usually have a pretty good participation. Sunday night, we don't have very good participation in church. Um, uh, but it's not just ours. But I wonder how much you and I participate in these things. If you're going to be part of it, you've got to participate. You can't sit on the bench. Let me give you another example there real quick. Forgive me for my sports analogy. And I'm going to give you a couple verses here in a second. And I wish we got to get this wireless mic fixed. I know I probably need to learn to stand still, but it drives me nuts sometimes. But uh, I notice sometimes uh, when there's a certain player that has to go to the bench for a while, he's unable to play, maybe he's hurt, maybe he's fouled out, maybe whatever. He will cheer on his teammates. He will encourage them. He will come up to them and say, keep playing, try harder. I noticed this, I noticed that. I wonder, I wonder how many of us try to encourage each other. I wonder how much time we spend checking on one another and saying, hey, how are you doing today? I'm praying for you. I want, I want you to know that I'm here if you need me. That's been present, that's been prayerful, and that's been a participant. I wonder how many of us go about our days seeking someone to witness to. 
Do we ask God of the day, Lord, give me somebody to witness to today. Put somebody in front of me. You open the door and I'll walk through it. I'll tell them about Jesus. I won't just tell them to come to church. I'll tell them about Jesus. I wonder how much we participate. Do you participate with God in prayer? In reading your Bible? In studying about Him? In looking for Him? You know, back growing up when I was in school, and I was blessed to have the physical ability to play sports and do things like that. Most of us, if you were like me or anybody else, if you went out to go do something like that, you wanted to play or you wouldn't waste your time. Imagine going to the swimming pool and you got on your swimming gear, you got everything ready to go, and all you do is sit there and watch everybody else swim and say, man, that looks so much fun, I'm here to swim. But you never get in. Put aside if you're afraid of water or can't swim. I had to come up with some kind of illustration. Most teenagers, not all, but the majority, when they turn 16, it's not long that they want a little piece of plastic in their pocket that affords them the opportunity. <laughs> I know uh, some parents are shaking their head. No, that affords them the opportunity to drive. Most desire that. So many things in life you and I go to, we go to experience, and we're not a participant. Let me, let me encourage you. When you come to church, come to church expecting to participate, not just be a spectator, as the old song goes. Number four, man, we're going fast, ain't we? Another, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. You've got to be persistent. Let me try to explain this the best I can. He's telling us here to keep ourselves in the presence of God. Verse 24, he tells us, He's now to him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. You see, it's not me that's able to keep me from falling necessarily. It's God and his power. You know, when Peter, uh, when Jesus told uh, Peter that Satan desired to have him that he may shift him as wheat he didn't say Peter I'm praying that you don't fail we read that and that's actually what we read into that but that's not what the Bible says he said Peter I pray for thee that thy faith fail not Jesus knew Peter was going to fail he knew Peter was going to do wrong but what he was saying is Peter don't lose faith in me don't lose faith in where you put your faith Hey, don't lose faith in the one who is able to keep you. Listen, confess it. Tell God you're sorry. Ask Him for forgiveness and move on. Don't sit there and stay in it because He is the one that's got you. He has you. Not you, not any other power, but it's the power of God that's got you. And thank God He has us to the end. But we must trust in Him. We must be a participant and be persistent. Let me tell you this. I've, I've been people that I've went and witnessed to and I need to witness to them again and again and again and more. I've heard of stories of, of someone going to visit someone and, and they go and they, they said, no, leave me alone, leave me alone. I'm not interested. And they keep going, they keep going. They, they're persistent and finally, finally it pays off. I'm going to tell a true story. I guess all of them ought to be true, especially if I'm behind a pulpit. But uh, my aunt... Prayed for her first husband for how many years? 
I'd say every bit of 30 because I know Robbie was a grown man. To be saved. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. I'm not downing him. I'm not being down on him. I'm not being mean. But I'll be honest with you. At times he was not the model husband. Her life was miserable sometimes. This is another reason why I caution all young people. If he or she is not in church, they're not available. They're not dating material. Anyway, she prayed and she prayed and she prayed and she prayed. Finally, he got born again after 30 years of praying. Sometimes, folks, we've got to be persistent in what we're doing. It will make an eternal difference. You know how you do that? You've got to have compassion. You've got to be present in God's presence. You've got to be praying and reading your Bible. You've got to be a participant in this thing. If you're not a participant, you're not going to be that interested. My son... Played baseball up till about three years ago or something. I don't remember exactly. Uh, he decided that the persistence of being at practice all the time and all the games was not the trade-off he was looking for for the free time. He wanted to go shoot guns, fish, molly mooger hunt, wander out in the yard and stare up at the sun bar or whatever else he likes to do. He wanted to be doing other things. But you know why those other things appealed to him? He made them interesting. You know one reason why most people are not interested in God and church? Because they don't want to participate. They're not making God interesting. Let me tell you something. There's not a book been written as exciting as this one. Never has been, never will be. If the Bible's boring to you, I would do some serious praying and I would do some checkup on my heart. You've got to be persistent sometimes. Now, I'm not telling you, I don't think it does any good to say, Lord, please save uh, Moe Hill. Lord, please save Mo Hill. I had to come up with something. Uh, please save, please save. Sit there over and over and over. The only time I've ever prayed something like that is I've times I've begged God for his presence. There's times I just keep saying, God, I need your presence. I need, to, I need your presence. Lord, please take me to your throne room, Holy Spirit. Please, I pray for your presence, God. And sometimes in prayer, I have begged for that and begged for that till it finally came. But there have been times where I need to just be persistent in praying for something or someone over, over every day. And for someone in my heart, I need to be persistent in loving them, encouraging them, telling them about Jesus and helping them to see the truth of the matter and not being mean, not being spiteful, but just being persistent and saying, Jesus loves you. How persistent are we? How persistent are you and I in every day? We wake up, we start our day, hopefully somewhere God is near the beginning of our day, and we ask him, give me somebody to witness to today. D.L. Moody some of you may not know who that is, so I'll briefly tell you. He was a preacher in the early part of the century in Chicago. Um, 
It's estimated that over a million souls are born again through his ministry, through God using him. He made an agreement with God that he would not let a day go by without telling somebody about Jesus. Not inviting them to church, telling them about Jesus. One night in the middle of the night, he woke up and realized he hadn't told anybody about Jesus that day. I realized living in Chicago, this is a lot easier. But if we really devoted ourselves, I'd say we could do the same thing. It was raining. He thought, God, who in the world am I going to find out on the streets at 2 o'clock in the morning on a rainy night? He said, Lord, I didn't witness to somebody today. I'm going to go find somebody. He gets up out of bed, gets dressed, grabs his umbrella, goes down the street, and he doesn't go very far, and there stands somebody on a street corner holding an umbrella. D.L. Moody witnessed that individual, and they got gloriously born again. I wonder if you and I are even remotely that persistent for God. We're going to do whatever it takes to see a difference. I appreciate those who have made a difference in this world. Whoever invented the wheel, thank God for them. You don't realize this, but your vehicle depends on the wheel a whole lot more than just the tires on the outside. I appreciate Thomas Edison inventing the light bulb, electricity. As bad as this hurts me, I appreciate Henry Ford inventing the automobile. I appreciate whoever invented heating and cooling, indoor plumbing, all these things. I appreciate whoever done that. But I appreciate so much more a praying mother, a praying grandmother, a praying family, a praying father, an example of parents and, and grandparents and aunts and uncles and a man of God to get up and preach the truth about me dying and going to hell. That made an eternal difference. I appreciate that a whole lot more than I do any of these inventions. These are temporal. That's eternal. It's eternal. I've thought last few weeks and we're on live stream so I've got to be very careful here about certain people in my life, my past that's passed away recently. A lot of times when I may be at work and at the funeral home and I may be working and I, we have a, a, a deceased one there and maybe we're getting ready for the funeral, whatever it may be, so often one of the first things that goes through my mind, I wonder where they're at. I wonder where they're at. And some of them, as far as I know, Definitely left behind no type of testimony whatsoever. Their obit will mention things they liked and list their families. Sometimes I see mention of church or the Lord and sometimes I don't. And I stop and wonder, when will their difference stop? When will it quit making a difference? Even though we got these differences, do you realize when the tribulation hits and we're gone, these don't make a difference anymore. But what you told somebody about Jesus, that makes the difference. That's the difference. Father, we thank you again for this time together. God, I know in my life, Lord, I need to be so much more of a difference maker. God, we all need to be. And I pray for the hearts of each one that are here. But God, this week, I pray that each person sitting here
here in this building and the sound of my voice, you'll give an opportunity to witness to somebody to tell them about Jesus. Yes, Lord, we need to invite them to church, God, and I'm all for that, and thank God for people at this church that invites people to church. I don't want to, certainly I don't want to discourage that, Lord. But God, I wonder sometimes if we have opportunity to tell people about you and we don't because we're too embarrassed, too afraid, too weak, too shy, whatever the reasons may be, too big a hurry. God, I pray that we slow down. We'd be available for you. We'd be in prayer. And God, we'd be a participant. And God, I pray that, Lord, we be persistent in looking to you. Help each one tonight, God, I pray. Help us, God, to rejoice in you. And I praise you and I thank you. In Jesus' your name we pray. Amen. Amen. As we stand, we get a song. Maybe you just want to thank him this evening. Maybe you just want to appraise him a little bit this evening. Certainly that would be in order. As we stand. Let's get a book and